now if we're are we talking like a genuinely good youth pastor who who has compassion for young people or are we talking about the developmentally arrested one that still wants to feel like he's 20 which one are we talking about Hey, 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 welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us again. This is, a, this is an awesome show we got, we got for you. Um, before I introduce the guest, let me just explain this. As soon as I started doing a podcast, I wanted to do an episode on Star Wars. Uh, my thinking was, if you can't do an episode just on Star Wars, why do you even have a podcast? So we've, we've had this run and we've talked to a lot of Christian bloggers, a lot of Christian authors, we're totally breaking from that today. We're just going to talk about Star Wars because I just feel like I owe it to myself to just have a complete geek out episode on Star Wars and where the, the franchise is going. So that brings me to tonight's co-host. He is a fellow resident of Backwoods, Alabama. He is um, a former co-worker of mine, oddly enough, uh, and one of the most interesting people I know. Chris Allen, how are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Now, Chris is Chris is a co-host tonight for the simple reason that I've never met anyone in my life who knows more or cares more deeply about Star Wars than Chris. Yes. <laughs> I, I know there's probably people out there that are equal to or perhaps even past his level, um, but I don't know them personally, and I know Chris personally, uh, so Chris is the co-host tonight. Chris, are you, are you festooned in... Um, in a, in a Jedi costume at the moment. Uh, I, I'm not, but uh, last week I was at uh, the theater uh, watching Doctor Strange, and I went ahead and bought my uh, my Rogue One tickets uh, just to make sure that there would be nothing to impede my progress <laughs> to see it. Not on opening night, mind you, but the Thursday night before, because there's really no point in seeing it on Friday if everyone else has already seen it Thursday night. So. <laughs> Uh, they're they're stuck to my refrigerator door with magnets, just to make sure they don't get lost in my wallet. <laughs> I, I you carry me with you, my friend. I, I live vicariously through you as you experience these things. You know, as you're first in line to experience these things. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, before we get into Star Wars, oddly enough, sometimes the content just provides itself. Um, we have to talk about something before Star Wars. It's much more important because right before we went on the air to do this podcast, I saw that Chris had posted on Facebook that he built a bed for a possum that has been sleeping on his front porch. Uh, so Chris, you got, you got to, you got to explain this. What, what's going on in your neck of backwoods, Alabama with the possums? So se- several years ago, me and my dad screened in my, my back porch. And uh, we put a little cat door so my cats can come in and out. Um, and one night, a raccoon got into there through the cat door and couldn't figure out how to get out of the cat door. And so he tore a giant hole in the screen getting out. Um, he would not be denied, would he? He would not be denied. So this went on for about a year until me and my dad just built a, a, a wooden frame around the giant hole to make it like an official you know, egress and ingress for the animals. And um, over the years, possums and raccoons especially like to come on my porch, uh, mainly to eat the food that I put out for the cats. But uh, 
I've uh, I actually have a picture somewhere of, with a, of a cat, a possum, and a raccoon together eating on the porch. Um, <laughs> and the uh, the raccoons they just come and go. You know, they, they they come up, they eat, they they poop a lot, and then they leave. But there's these possums that that will come onto the porch and like they just kind of hang out for the whole night um, <laughs> on the porch. Well, maybe and, you shouldn't have such a cool house, Chris. <laughs> maybe and so a couple of years ago um i had this this cat bed in one of my my chairs and i found this possum that was curled up in the cat bed all night long and um my, my dad likes to build weird things so he he built like this cat hotel which if you know anything about cats cats will never use anything you make for them ever they'll they'll, they'll sleep on something you left on the floor but they won't sleep in the $50 bed that you bought for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this fancy cat hotel my, my, my dad built, the only things I've ever found sleeping in it are raccoons and possums. Um, and, and we're living that Alabama life, aren't we? <laughs> yes. And so last night, uh, this, this other little cat device my dad built, uh, last night there's this possum uh, sleeping on like the, the bottom of it. And uh, it, it doesn't run off when I went out. It, when I went outside to bring my cats, and it didn't run off. It just kind of sat there and and stared at me the whole time. Uh, and when I went back out last night to put some food out, he slid and run off. He just kind of sat there waiting for me to leave, so he could go eat the food that I put out. So I know we had this this freeze coming up. So uh, when I got home from work this afternoon, I, I went to the cat hotel and the the chair and that thing that possum was sleeping on last night, and I made little like little mounds of of covers and stuff. Uh, so that whichever one he picked, he would have a warm place. And uh, about six o'clock uh, this night, uh, tonight, I saw him making his way onto the porch. And about thirty minutes later, I looked out and he was curled up in one of the little uh, improv possum beds. So, uh, Chris, you are exhibiting what? traits that I feel confident that our, our female listeners will find irresistible. A, a love of uh, gross marsupials, yeah. <laughs> Do, do we have a do we have a working name for this possum yet? Uh, no, I uh, I have very strict rules about my animals. My my cats they don't get anthropomorphic names. I named them after the most common character, you know, basic characteristic. Big boy is big, little thing is little. Mopey is depressing, um, <laughs> and I apply the same rules to my other animals. Possum just goes by possum. Okay, you know, I don't I don't like to you know give them labels that you know, limit them so. How, how very woke of you! Yeah. Uh, you have to uh, you have to keep us updated on the uh, the possible uh, situation. I found that uh, I, I found that just an incredible story that you posted on Facebook. <laughs> you know, nestled in between all of the political rants is uh, my friend who lives in the backwoods. You know, turning the back of his house into a uh, a halfway house for possums. <laughs> What would you do if you went back there and found Robert Bentley curled up in there? <laughs> he, he strikes you more as a like a howdy doody puppet that's come to life. <laughs> we're, we're venturing into some Alabama political humor here. I think we need to. I think we need to pull up. Yeah, um, Robert Bentley is a. How old is he? Like 120. He was Bear Bryant's dermatologist. So. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, you do you do the math. He's a he's our governor. He's 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 quite old, and he's also become embroiled 
which I don't use that word often, but that seems the correct word for this, embroiled in a, uh, a sex scandal last year. So good times in Dixie. Yeah. All right, Chris, let's talk some Star Wars. Um, Force Awakens. Let's, let's, can we start at the? Uh, can we start at the most recent? Um, I don't want to yeah. talk too much about Rogue One because I kind of like to be surprised about it. I try not to learn too much about it going into it. But um, Force Awakens. Um, general thoughts on it before we start picking it apart. Um, you know, I I really liked it. Um, I, the character of Ray was compelling. Uh, I, I think I may have saw it seven times in the theater. Uh, so, uh, the, the last two times were just to make it to the number seven. Uh, but the, but the first five were really because I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So. What was your, what was your main criticism of it? Well, uh, the, the death planet, uh, you know, if, if you go back and you, the, the death star has appeared, in every single Star Wars film except Episode One and Five, uh, it was the main villain in Episode Four and Six, and it even has a cameo in Episodes Two and Three. I mean, the Death Star has appeared in in more movies than any character other than R two and C three PO. And uh, I would have just preferred some something you know more original than another Death Star. That, I mean, that was really my only thing that really got to me, and. Uh, are we yeah. building towards the point where the the main villain and I guess episode nine will be a super Death Star, and instead of shooting lasers, it shoots smaller Death Stars out yeah, of it? I, I think so. Yes. <laughs> I think I think um, I, I I enjoy Force Awakens. I what I would compare it to is just like watching it was like watching a band that I grew up with and really liked and had a lot of hits they got invited to the Grammys and they only gave them three minutes. So instead of playing one of their hits, they tried to play a medley of all their hits. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, yeah, 40, you know, 45 seconds of that song. Oh yeah. I remember that. Oh yeah. I remember that song. And, and then the whole thing's over and it's like, well, okay. I mean, that was a nice little trip down memory lane, but uh, you know, I, I feel, didn't really feel like I got anything substantial. If that makes sense. Well, it was the, uh, you know, it was the intro movie, so, um, you know, what, what we have to hope is that it's just setting the stage for some, you know, grander story in the next two films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, it really did, I mean, it's to the point where it actually kind of surprised me, like, how deliberate they were of going back and touching all the bases, you know, almost at the expense of, like, an original storyline, just to say, hey, you know... <laughs> We understand what Star Wars is about. Well, you know, some, something I always think about with these movies is, uh, how, you know, we like to think that all, everything that's done in the movie is, you know, a deliberate, you know, uh, on the on the part of the writer. But a lot of it has more to do with contracts and who they can get and who they can't get. Uh, you know, Harrison Ford agreed to come back for one movie, mm-hmm. but he didn't. He didn't want to be a part of the whole thing. So, had Harrison Ford agreed for the whole thing, you know, who who knows what twist that storyline would have taken. Did that surprise uh, you at all? I mean, I, I kind of felt, I mean, I didn't know that that was going to happen. I heard rumors that somebody was going to die, but that, that really didn't surprise me. I kind of saw that coming a mile away. Did it surprise you? Um, yeah, it, it surprised me. I, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Uh, I mean, it didn't surprise me that they did it, 
Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I thought they were going to go in a different direction, you know, with uh, with Kylo Ren and Han. Uh, by the way, I really like the fact that Kylo Ren went maskless the last half of that movie. Uh, I thought that was a good change of pace from the, the Darth Vader, you know, uh, thing of having a faceless villain. Yeah. Uh, and I like the fact that he more or less looked like a normal person, you know. Mm-hmm. He didn't have like a weird eye patch or, you know, a glowing eye <laughs> a or something scar. like that. <laughs> yeah. I really liked Kylo. I really liked that they didn't, it seemed like an easy mistake for them to make would have been to try to out Vader, Darth Vader. Yeah. And try to make him like, you know, this super dark, super masculine, super demonic figure when you can't out Vader, Darth Vader. And they, no. they went the other way, which is a smart way of, you know, let's turn this into like a conflicted, emo kid with daddy issues that, I mean, he, he felt real. He felt like a real villain. Yeah. Um, he, he seemed more like Anakin than Darth Vader. <laughs> with slightly, slightly better acting too, might we say? Well, I mean, Hayden Christensen gets a lot of flack. I mean, uh, who knows what he might've been capable of with a better script. Uh, <laughs> You know, he, 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 he wasn't asked to do a lot other than act shocked or angry. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this before, but I think one of the things that they did right in The Force Awakens was that they reined in the green screen. They reined in the CGI and said, you know what, this is going to be a tool, but this is not the entire palette. Like, this is yeah. one, one, one color on the palette, but we're not going to paint the whole movie on a green screen. I mean, uh, you know, I think of Christopher Lee's fight with Yoda in episode two. Uh, you know, Christopher Lee, who I don't have any doubt in my mind, sold his soul to the devil because he had not been in a major film for like 20 years. And then in the space of five years, he's in, th- he's in two Star Wars films and three Lord of the Rings films. I mean, he's basically in a blockbuster year after year after year. And I don't think he acted with with, a, with with another person the entire. Everything he did was on a green screen. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I don't know how you sit there for hours day after day looking at a, a white ball dangling on a string and you know still manage to act you know with emotion. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's weird watching the uh, watching the prequels. And there's so many scenes where it's like it's shot from like the knee up <laughs> because it's like somehow that messes with the perception. Like if you have to show their feet and then you, it's like becomes more apparent that they're not actually, you know, on Coruscant. They're actually just standing in front of a screen. And it actually, it, it sort of became like a distraction almost of like, <laughs> oh, we can't see their feet because they're barefoot because they're just <laughs> standing in front of a screen somewhere. <laughs> I'll give you the, the the best example of the abuse of power that uh, Lucas engaged in with the CGI. In, in the director's commentary of uh, Episode Three, the the scene where the Jedi first start getting killed by all the the clones, mm-hmm. uh, there's this scene where Yoda, you know, is sensing it through the Force, and he has this look on his face like he just ate bad Mexican food, and <laughs> he uh, he drops his 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 walking stick on the ground. If you listen, the, the 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 nerds that are narrating that are like, 
Uh, yeah, we had to uh, write a special algorithm uh, to simulate the effect of a stick dropping on the ground. Uh, so they basically had like 20 MIT grad students, you know, pouring over this when all they had to do was get a stick and drop it on the ground. But, you know, it had to be CGI. And there's, there, there's one scene on Coruscant where it's like the stormtroopers are, are wheeling, you know, Anakin's burned body into some building. And Lucas is like, uh, yeah, in this scene right here, that stormtrooper is the only thing real in that scene. Everything else is CGI. And I'm like, well, why even leave the stormtrooper in there then? What was he for? You know, like size reference or something? I mean, so, um, yeah. Sometimes they go too far. <clears throat> okay, so we can't talk about Force Awakens without getting into some of the, the big questions of uh, who is Rey? Uh, and that's kind of left undone, uh, kind of open-ended, obviously, to, to you know, bring out some interest in the next movie. I think one of the things that makes that question so interesting is that there's really not that many possible answers that make sense. You know what I mean? Like, unless yeah. she was just formed, like you were, you were saying earlier, by the, um, by the Force with the midichlorians, if, if she has actual parents, like, there's only a few different scenarios that would make sense. And I think it, at least for me, it kind of has a way of hooking you of just thinking, you know, who is this girl? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's not likely that her parents are someone we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be anticlimactic if it were. Uh, so it, it seems likely her, her parents are someone we've seen either in Episode 7 or one of the previous Star Wars films. And it seems like there's three... Uh, major schools of thought is that she is either a Skywalker, a Solo, or a Palpatine. Yeah. Um, what, what well, is, what is your what is your gut feeling? Well, you know, my, my, I I think it's the most obvious choice. I think she's Luke's daughter, only because everyone will say that's too obvious. <laughs> uh, you know, I J.J. I, Abrams is not M. Night Shyamalan. I, I don't see him, you know, doing a switcheroo on us. Uh, he might, um, him being a solo, I mean, that's possible. I mean, that, that would give us a brother sister connection and, you know, Star Wars does have a little creepiness with its, with its families. So, uh, <laughs> that wouldn't be out of the question. Um, but, uh, I, I'm still, I'm still going with Luke's daughter only because I think that's so obvious it has to be it. Okay. Well, the the idea of the Palpatine, she's somehow Emperor Palpatine's daughter. Um, I, I think like the thinking behind that, and I don't I don't really ascribe to that theory, but um, the thing behind that is it sets up sort of like this intergenerational conflict between these two families or these two dynasties, I guess. Yeah, um, the Palpatine dynasty and the Skywalker dynasty. Uh, personally, I the one I lean towards, I lean towards her being. Um, Kylo Ren's sister, and I, I, I guess for me the the reason I think that is because it sort of makes it, not only is it sort of a callback to the sibling issues that you were talking about that Star Wars has already introduced, um, but it, it also checks off a couple boxes too of their interactions um, because it did kind of seem like Kylo Ren knew who she was. And correct me if I'm wrong, in the novelization, doesn't it say that he knew who she was? 
Uh, I do. I do not know the answer to that. Okay, I'm pretty sure in the novelization it does, um, but it would also sort of explain away the um, their lightsaber duel too. That he wasn't actually trying to kill her; he was fighting her, sort of trying trying to convince her to join him. Like he was never trying to actually hurt her in that lightsaber duel. Um, what, what say you? What do you think about that? Um, I see her being his sister is a more likely scenario than being a, a child of Palpatine. Um, only because if you look at the timeline, if for her to be a child of Palpatine, some woman would have had to have mated with the original trilogy Palpatine, the gross Richard Shelby Palpatine <laughs> of Turn of the Jedi. Uh, We're dropping not, all kinds not, of Alabama political humor. I mean... You know, th- this is not the suave elder statesman that we saw in episode one and two. Uh-huh. I mean, he was a he was a gross, shriveled, you know, uh, undead skeleton with with cat eyes. I mean, I I'm just I'm just trying to imagine any woman who would be like, yeah, that's like a good idea. So, <laughs> uh, and and I mean, she could be a clone of Palpatine. You know, that's that's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Palpatine DNA reconstituted as a female, but that would be. That's a, that'd be a really. I think that'd be too much, even for. Uh, I think that'd be too much for a mainstream audience. I think you'd lose a lot of people with that. Okay, so if she is a solo, how how does this work? Because one of the one of the fan. Th- I know you love the fan theories. <laughs> I love the fan theories. <laughs> I, I hate the fan theories. One of the fan theories that I looked at that that didn't seem to make some kind of sense was that uh, Han doesn't even know that that's his daughter because obviously he didn't recognize her, didn't let on that he recognized her. But Ben did recognize her. And one of the theories is, is that Ben was actually the one that put her on that planet. Um, because I guess there's in one of the flashbacks she has in, in Maz's cantina is a vision of Kylo Ren. Uh, she's as a vision of herself getting attacked. And at the last moment, Kylo Ren jumping in and killing the, the person that was attacking her with his lightsaber. So they're thinking maybe there's symbolism there that he was trying to protect her somehow. Well, if she is a solo, uh, you know, I guess it's a good thing Han's dead or he would have something to have to explain to Leia once all this, you know, comes to light. Uh, (laughs) You know, the fact that he would father a child and not even remember it. uh, I mean, I, you know, he's a scoundrel, so I guess that's okay. I think I think the theory goes is that um, Leia was pregnant when they split up for the last time, and so he didn't even know that she was pregnant. Oh, okay. And then Leia had Ray, and then Ben, for some reason, took Ray to the planet and left her there. I, I don't know why. That that would be the worst uh, uh, generation of parenting ever to have that many parents. <laughs> Hiding their children from the other parent. Uh, that's that, 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 that's that's a lot of family counseling that's going to be needed to reconcile all of that. Do you think? Do you think Kylo Ren killing his father made it more or less likely that he'll turn good at some point? I think it made it uh, incredibly unlikely because. Um, Okay, I'm, I'm going to wax a little religious here on you, okay? 
<laughs> uh, the, the Garden of Eden, okay? When I was a kid, I always thought the Garden of Eden was like a warning about disobeying God. You know, this is what happens if you don't do what he says. Uh, but now I view it more as like uh, an, uh, a parable about lost innocence. That once certain things are done, they can't be undone no matter what. You can't go back to a time before they are, before it happens. And, and one of the things we see with Anakin is that once you've gone so far down the rabbit hole into the dark side, it seems too far to come back out of it. It's easier just to keep going down the rabbit hole. That way you don't remember that you, you, you numb out your guilt by doing even more bad things. You normalize evil uh, to the point that you no longer feel bad about it. So it's, uh, it's like when you it's like the difference between the fourth and the fifth trip up to the buffet. Yes. <laughs> At some point, you no longer notice the pain pushing your abdomen. Uh, so I, I, I think I think Kylo running his dad through that's going to be something he will not be able to reconcile. I mean, Leia's Leia's not going to be able to forgive that. Yeah. No, no matter you know, as a mom, she may say that she forgives it and she'll love him unconditionally, but that'll put a wall up. Chewie's not going to forgive that. Chewie's no. not going to be like, oh, that's okay. I mean, so, so Chewie's going to be gunning for him. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't think Kyle can come back from that. I, I, I think ultimately where this is all heading is we're going to have Kylo, Snoke, Skywalker, and Ray, and in a, a, a Tarantino-esque you know, finale, they're all going to kill each other except one. Ray will be the one left standing, but Kylo's probably going to kill Luke, and Ray's going to kill, you know, Kylo, and then Ray will kill Snoke. It's something very, you know, Macbeth-ish at the end. Well, and that would mirror sort of the arc of Episode Three when you had like the final four. You know, you had the two Sith and the two Jedi that fought each other, yeah. albeit in yeah. separate locations. And we do know that, that, that Star Wars loves to be cyclical in its themes. Yeah. I, how, how much of that is intentional, I don't know, but yes, it, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who, do you think, who do you think Snoke is? Do you think Snoke is, is a unique character? I know you, you've, you've gone deep and said he's going to be Darth Plagueis. Is that who you think he is? Yeah, I, I, I do not see him being a unique character. I mean, they've... Uh, with all the callbacks of episode seven, I just can't see out of nowhere this new, this new character. Uh, I, I figure either a, he's going to be Darth Pelagius that we hear about in the, in the prequels, or I think he's a clone of the emperor. Okay. Uh, the, the emperor being a clone was a big deal in the, uh, post Jedi continuity before Disney erased it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the Emperor returning in a, in a cloned body that he had set aside was uh, an ongoing sort of, uh, I don't know what you call it, not a, not a, not a vehicle, but a, a plot device they would use. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I think that that's what it will turn out. Yeah, I, I give it a 50-50 shot on either one of those two, two things. Well, what I really me. want to know is if he's a giant. That's what I want to know. <laughs> I want to know if he's really that big. That was kind of jarring. <laughs> the, the the sheer size of him. But. I mean, if he if he is that big, he has a giant lightsaber, and I I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're missing the most obvious fan theory here, which is actually a real theory. It's not something I'm making up. Is that there's a, there's actually a real theory um, 
that says uh, Snoke is Mace Windu. Uh, I mean, if, if that's <laughs> if that's Mace Windu, um, he, he has had a major change of personality and picked uh, up an accent along the way. I mean, frankly, he's calmed down. If that was Mace Windu, that 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 would be the most restrained act job uh, Samuel Jackson has ever done. If that if that turns out to be true, and it was like a uh, it was like a ten or fifteen minute video on YouTube explaining why Snoke was Mace Windu, and it goes back to I mean they're like pulling in like his Mace Windu's lightsaber was purple, which means you know that it's combining the the Jedi and the Sith colors into one. It, it's it's pretty incredible, like the links that people can go to put a theory together. Well, to to kind of Star Wars nerd out on you here a little bit, uh, Mace Windu was closer to the dark side than any of the other Jedi Council members. Mm-hmm. His, uh, you know, the the other you know, stuff that may may or may not exist anymore. His fighting style was supposed to be one that tapped into elements of the dark side. Uh-huh. So uh, he he was uh, he was closer to that than. Uh, Yoda or any other council members. All right, let me let me throw another fan theory at you, and I'll play devil's advocate and see if I can convince you. Qui Gon Jinn was actually a Sith. Uh, that's not far fetched. Uh, he's not a Sith, however, he is a gray Jedi. Uh, to, to use RPG uh, terminology for any of your role playing fans out there, he would be a true neutral character. Uh, he. Uh, he was a Jedi, you know, he was a part of the Jedi. Uh, he used the light side of the Force, but his goals were definitely not uh, those of a Jedi. I mean, let's, let's, let's look at what he, what he does here in Episode 1. First off, he engages in gambling. Uh, he uses the Force to, to fix a dice match. Uh, he, puts a, he, he knowingly puts a child in harm's way in a death race. Um, Has an ambivalence and, to freeing slaves. Well, you know, and he's not doing this because he believes it's good. He's doing it because he believes in an ancient uh, prophecy. You know, uh, he's not being motivated by the Jedi Code. He's being motivated by his own idea of how things should be. Um, And when when Yoda tells him, no, you can't train the kid, what does he say? Well, I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) So, I mean, he's, he's definitely not acting in accordance with the light side of the Force. Uh, I, I would put him as a, as a neutral character motivated by his own personal, you know, uh, philosophy outside of either the Jedi or, or the Sith. <laughs> the granddaddy of all fan theories, which I know you, I, I know you believe in. Chris, tell me why Jar Jar Binks was actually the supreme villain of the entire franchise. I. I, I will not entertain this this horribleness that I that I continue to get from from multiple people. Um, okay, I I I, I want I want to speak in defense of what Jar Jar could have been. Okay, Look, I, I want you to assume that you're a Hollywood producer and and I and someone's just bringing this, the the idea of the movie to you. Okay. And, and, and this is how they present this. They go, yeah, the, the, the Jedi are, are stranded on this planet, and they meet this, this indigenous warrior who is a part of, 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 a, of an indigenous people who are close to nature. They've been ostracized and marginalized by the technically superior uh, other people on the planet. 
this warrior, he's, he's an outcast from his own tribe because of a misunderstanding. Uh, and so he goes ahead and decides he's going to help these Jedi. You know, if you present it like that, and you make Jar Jar look like the Lewis Gossett Jr. alien from Enemy Mine, <laughs> suddenly Jar Jar is one of the coolest characters in all of Star Wars. But because they decided to make him look like the love child of a basset hound and a duck, and uh, uh, they decided to make him, uh, I mean, slapstick's not even the word. That, I mean, what we, what we have is an embarrassment. Uh, we have a wasted character that could have been an awesome you, you you just you just refuse to open your eyes wide enough to see the truth, Chris. Yes, I do. <laughs> the Jar Jar the Jar Jar fan theory that he was supposed to be the ultimate shadow of Yoda, the dark side shadow of Yoda, was this unassuming character that you overlook until the reveal that he is in fact one of the most important people in the story. And Yoda was supposed to fight Jar Jar in episode two. That's where Count Dooku came from because the fan, the fan reaction was so negative to Jar Jar. I maintain, not, I'm not saying I believe all that. I do maintain that Jar Jar's character was, was definitely altered by the fan discontent. I mean, wouldn't you say that that's... Oh, I mean, true? he wouldn't have spent that much time on him in the first movie unless he, unless he planned on him being a main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, this is one of those cases where somebody close to George needed to step in. <laughs> I mean, I mean that that character was. I mean, even the way he looks, you, you know, is not. You, you don't want to look at him. You know, uh, <laughs> he's not aesthetically interesting or pleasing. He's you. You, you just you're, you're like every time he shows up on the screen, like oh no, not him again. <clears throat> well, that that was the that was the genius. Of, of Lucas, Chris, was that he created a, uh, a completely benign, irritating character that we never even realized was the supreme Sith leader that was, in fact, Palpatine's master. Well, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that this alternate universe will never see fruition. <clears throat> All right, so what do you, what do you think going forward? Um, what do you, what do you, Actually, let me put a different question. How much of the next film and the ninth film do you think is already set? Like the plot? Do you think they know exactly what's going to happen in films eight and nine? Well, uh, I'm sure eight is already, I mean, I I don't know if they're in, I assume they're in post-production now at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I think eight and nine are set now. I don't think eight and nine were set before Episode seven came out. I think they were they were waiting to see the reactions to seven before they really put things in stone. Okay. Um, so I, I think at this point the storyline is is pretty well determined. Okay. Well, final point because we always have to bring this back around to Christian culture. Which Star Wars character would be the best youth pastor? Uh, you, you know. I, I don't know who, well, Qui-Gon Jinn would be the worst, obviously, <laughs> uh, you know, given he, he would be willing to take kids out gambling and, and, and drag racing. Um, I, I think, I, now, if we're, are we talking like a genuinely good youth pastor who, who has compassion for young people, or are we talking about the developmentally arrested one 
that still wants to feel like he's 20? Which one are we talking about? <laughs> well, first of all, leave me out of this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> no, like the, like, like a cool youth pastor that will show him a good time, but also, also, also teach the Bible. You know, I mean, just kind of give him some fun, but not too much fun. Uh, I, I'm going to go, uh, Obi-Wan episode two. Uh, he, he was cool. He had his long hair and his, like his, his trendy, uh, you know, beard, uh, was still kind of like, you know, he wasn't a Jedi master yet. He was just a Jedi knight. Uh, you know, by episode three, he'd already like cut his hair into a much more responsible haircut and trimmed his beard and was wearing the rope. So I'm going to, I'm going to go episode two, Obi-Wan. I think I'm gonna go. Uh, I think I'm gonna go Poe Dameron. He seems okay. like he'd, he'd show the guys a good time. He he definitely cared about his droid. <laughs> he did care about his droid, and he's definitely got the um, he's definitely got the sense of humor. I, I'd like to hear a sermon by Poe. And, and he was okay with the guy keeping his jacket. I'd have wanted that jacket back. <laughs> that was an awesome jacket. It, it really was an awesome jacket. <laughs> Which, by, by the way, other than that jacket, laziest costume ever for a character. <laughs> he wore a black bodysuit for the entire film. <laughs> what kind? What kind of youth pastor would uh, Han Solo be? Oh, he, uh, yeah, he would not be a very good one. He would, <laughs> he would be. There would be a lot of gossip in the church um, about about him. Of a, of a sexual nature. Uh, of all sorts of drunkenness, gambling. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not aware of anything that's currently smuggled, but if there were something, he would be doing it. <laughs> Maybe moon. He'd be a, he'd be a bootlegger. That's what he'd be in Alabama. What about Lando? I bet Lando would be. Uh, he'd be one that would be fun, but I don't know that. Like, I don't know that I'd turn my kids loose with Lando either. I don't see him as a youth pastor. I see him as like the 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 bejeweled head of a megachurch. Uh, <laughs> Like a Creflo dollar, like give me yeah, sixty I mean, million for my private jet. I mean, it it, it takes a, a special person to rock a cape, uh, and Lando does it. <laughs> he would definitely preach a sermon in that cape. Yes. <laughs> um, Hayden Christensen. That would be, he'd be horrible. He would be so awkward. Yeah. You think he was homeschooled? You think that's part of Anakin's problem? Because he definitely kind of well, came off like a homeschooler. Well, he, he was home everything. He was <laughs> homeschooled, homework, uh, home slave. Uh, yeah. What about uh, what about Leia? You think Leia would be a good pastor? Oh, wow, that's no. I mean, Leia is is the uh, she she is the the intelligentsia. She she is the the elite intellectual liberal of Star Wars, uh, you know, f- following in her foster father's footsteps. You know, she, she's got she's got the dad who was the lone voice of reason. You know, uh, you know, crying against the Senate uh, in the prequels, and now here, here's Leia. You know, uh, you know, basically gun running for the rebels in Episode Four. Yeah, she would. Uh, she 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 would she would be a, she would not be someone who who would be. Uh, you, you wouldn't want to turn your kids over to her. Plus that, that mid, mid-Atlantic accent that she carried through parts of episode four, it would just kind of come and go. And so that would that'd be kind of distracting too. 
I, I'm glad that at some point between episode four and five, they just said, look, just ditch any pre- pretense of an accent. Just use your normal, <laughs> you know. I mean, frankly, it was a little confusing because one of the, uh, I, I don't know, things you could trust in Star Wars before Ray is that anyone with a British accent was evil. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that made it a little confusing. Mm. Yeah. Well, Chris Allen, it was always going to come down to you and me doing a podcast called Fun Sexy Bible Time, was it not? It was from the very beginning. <laughs> um, I, I'll definitely need regular updates on the possum situation. Also, if you could design a, um, if you could give me a sketch that I could use for the um, for the header on the Fun Sexy Bible Time Twitter account, that would be awesome. Of the possum bed, <laughs> anything at all. It could be, uh, it could be youth pastor, or no, it could be um, Lando Calrissian delivering a sermon. Can do. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate all right. it. And uh, just come back on when the next uh, when the next movie drops. Will do. Head of a megachurch. <laughs> <laughs>